Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Fenners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hey, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by the locksmith, Emma Lockwood. To be more like Emma, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content and grow the show today. His back is strong, his beard is thick, wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show, Joe Marler, here we go. Hello and welcome to our show. I am Joe Marla, and this is Tom Fordyce. Hi, Tom. You just pointed at my shirt. Is this the first time I've ever worn a shirt in your presence? I believe it is. What do you think? Uh, you look a little bit... Do you want my honest opinion? Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> just is my it the honest collar? thing. Just the whole thing. What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. Oh. I, you genuinely look like... Fuck's sake. A pilot has crashed. <laughs> I can see that, actually. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's a white shirt, and it's... It basically looks like a formal shirt that sustained damage. Yeah, it's 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 like unironed. It's like well worn. Yeah, it's It's like like you've been been in. Yeah, yeah. you've crashed. You look like Tom Hanks, but like more of a pilot rather than a delivery man for FedEx. It's basically like two. No, not two weeks. Maybe like five days after the crash landing, I lost the tie and the impact and the cap and the epaulets. And you've got a little bit of stubble. Yeah. Your hair's grown out a little bit, a little you bit, know, you yeah. sort of, and that's, that's why you came in. And the hat you've got is oh, quite yeah. um, pilot-like. Aeronautical. Aeronautical. This shirt, should I wear it again? Do you know yeah, what? Yeah, no, it definitely suits you. This was how boring my shirt was going to become. <laughs> I was going to give you the number of shirts I have in my wardrobe. <sighs> Do you own any shirts? Like, apart from ones you got free with clubs in England. Do I have any shirts in mm. my wardrobe? No, any ones that you've paid for. Have I bought any shirts? Yeah. Yeah, when I bought a suit. Like two suits. I've bought two shirts. No, I've bought three suits. So I've bought three shirts. <laughs> you think my chat was? <laughs> God, can we get on with the I'm gonna episode? Give you, I'm going to give you one little either or. Okay. Let me just make sure I'm ready for this one. <laughs> You've either got to wear a suit jacket every day for the rest of your life, or you've got to wear suit trousers every day for the rest of your life. Suit jacket. Because you can still wear shorts. Yeah. I ain't fucking wearing trousers. Let's sorted that one out. If you'd like to support, <laughs> if you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Patreon for just a pound a week. You can get bonus content, ad-free episodes, and at the very same time as all of this, Doctor Joseph of Marla, you will be. Beep. You've just killed someone in your care. <laughs> Growing the show. You can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Shall we get a guest on, Joe? Or do you want to drink all that water in your flask as noisily as possible? How good's my flask? Look, 8am, get started. 9am, keep drinking. 10am, don't give up. 11am... Don't give up, you're only drinking water. This is all in letters on the side of your drinks bottle, isn't it? 11am, almost there. 12pm, you did it. 1pm, refill. Quite aggressive, isn't it, as a water bottle? 2pm... Get started. 3pm, keep drinking. 4pm, don't give up. How sure are you that that's calibrated properly? 
5pm, almost there. 6pm, you did it. 7pm, refill. How sure, I repeat my question to you. Yeah. How sure are you the calibration of that? Well, very sure, because on the other side... It doesn't matter what the other side says. got numbers that says 1,000 mil, 9 mil, 900 mil, But why do you think you need 1,000 mil of water in that time span? Is that a doctor? Is that a medical professional? Clearly, it's not a doctor. It's a fucking bottle. You're listening to an inanimate plastic object telling you you what to do. Do you know what's better than listening to an inanimate plastic object? You've got issues with authority figures, as have I, by the way, but you're quite happy to be told what to put in your mouth when by a plastic bottle. Let's get a guest on. Hello, my fine friend. Now, before we get on with the rest of the episode, let me remind you that we have another live show coming up later this year. Here is how it's going to work. We're back at the Clapham Grant in London on the 1st of November as part of the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival. Tickets are on sale now. What are you waiting for? I have a feeling you may hear moments like this. That, that lad in the corner who shouted, are you single, is now going, fuck, I shout. Okay. Whoever finishes third gets the sex toy. Yes, sir. Oh, he's gone for a hug. Excellent. <laughs> Now, after our last tour, the worldwide press gave the Joe Marler show five stars, and the audience said this. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I thought it was sexy as fuck. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. <laughs> was well worth it. Absolutely unbelievable. Couldn't ask for any better, really. To get your tickets to the Joe Marler show live at the Clapham Grand, click the link in the episode description. Our guest today is Joe Cage. He is a minotaur. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hello, guys. First question. It is Joe. Yeah. And your second name is Cage. Yeah. Like... Don't get many cages. Nicholas Cage? It's not his real name. What? He's changed it to Cage. I swear. I mean, someone correct me, but I'm pretty sure it's Hollywood name. There's What's no one name? in this room that can correct you. <laughs> and there's no one in this room that wants to correct you either. He, I want that to be real. I'm pretty sure it's... That's quite the compliment that he is, of all the names he could have chosen to be a film star, he's chosen your real surname. Or is it your real surname? It is my real surname, yeah. Yeah. Joseph Cage, yeah. He's called Nicholas Coppola, says Ryan. Coppoland. Coppola, Coppola Ryan. Coppola. Like Francis Ford. So do we think he changed it then because there was already a Coppola in the film business? I mean, yeah. I've never met another Cage, apart from, obviously, my family. What about, <laughs> what, would you ever consider Jose Cajila? Maybe, if I went to Spain or something like that. But so you could very hard to pronounce, isn't it? Well, no, because I just went Jose Cajila. Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> I don't know why we get the guest on and then tell them yeah. to change their name as the opening section. <laughs> Joe Cage, you are a miner. Yeah. Right. Tell us a bit about you and how you got into mining. Then I guess you could say it's like a family thing. My dad was in the industry for about 30 years, still is. I did my A-levels at school, didn't really know what I wanted to do and knew that I wanted to travel, but of course that cost money. So uh, I tried to get a job, couldn't get a job. My dad was on at me. like So eventually he was just like, right, come on, you come to the quarry with me. So uh, I started working, working in the office there over the, my gap year and then uh, went to uni, didn't quite work for me. I feel like I'm more of a practical person. So after three months, jacked it, went back, went back to the quarry. Can I just at this point, I can see some issues further down the line here. Two Joes, whenever there's been two Toms in the studio, we've had to find a way of referring to one of the Toms 
Joe Marler, to make it clear, can I suggest that we go either go for minor Joe and major Joe? Ground control to major Joe. This ignitions and the gods would be with you. It's quite a good impression, to be honest. This is podcast time to Major Joe. Did I take your line? Right, I think uh, we've just realised we're going to change the show to the Tom Fordyce sing-along. You want me to be Major Joe and him Minor Joe? You like that? Look at the expression on your face. Well, I was just going to... Well, it's a better suggestion, because I was just going to say, call him Joe Cage and me Joe Marler. Okay. We could do either, couldn't we? Uh, Joe Cage slash Minor Joe. No! We'll just go with the minor Joe. Okay. Okay, thanks. Minor Joe, I've got some preconceptions, but I imagine the job in a quarry in the office is considered the cushy number. It is, very much so, yeah. It's the easiest access, coming straight out of school. You know, you have no experience. I did do a little bit of work experience, but it's hard to do because you're not allowed to be in quarries. I think it's under 16 without supervision. So it's very hard to get into it. Am I missing something here? Almost certainly. <laughs> what, what part do you go in the mine? Okay. I thought you are a miner, not a quarrier. A quarry is a mine. It's an open top mine. What? Oh. So you, you have underground mines and you have open pit mines. So depending where the deposit is, if it's close to the surface, all you do is just dig away the, the soil and then it exposes the mineral. Like a dog. Like a dog, Like a yeah. mechanised dog. You you would need a lot of dogs. A lot of dogs? Fair, yeah. yeah, a lot of dogs. Well, what you, okay, right. So a quarry is above the ground. Yes. It's open top, there's no roof. Open top. Yeah. Like a bus. Yeah. So quarry is like a bus. And an open mine... top bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. A quarry is like an open top bus. <laughs> or a convertible where the thing's been put down. Yeah. Or a smorgasbord. What's that? It's an open top sandwich. What? That's toast. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, smorgasbord. Like charcuterie or something like that. It's a Norwegian. I thought everyone knew what a smorgasbord was. I've heard of the word. I have no idea what it is. It's the same. It's an open top sandwich. It's a sandwich without a lid. Much right. like a quarry is a mine without okay. a roof. Okay. Is that fair? So a quarry is an open top smorgasbord. <laughs> and a mine is like a... Underground. Like a lift that goes down. Yeah. You need a shaft to get down, yeah. Mm. Nothing to see, Major. <laughs> it, was the aggre- it was the aggressiveness of the pronunciation of shaft that caught me. He went, shaft. Like, not even in the song version. He, he went, yeah, you need a shaft to get down. And then he did the movement with the hand. He did. And he expects me to not do anything <laughs> with that. Fuck. Sorry. Do you also need a cage to get down into a mine? Minor Joe. The, the lift probably does have a cage, yeah. <laughs> That's the main difference, is is obviously an underground mine is underground, so you need lifts and uh, to get down, and then it'll probably go quite far out as well, so a lot of them are under sea. So under sea? Under the sea, yeah. So it, it'll be like the ore is hard to get to, so you, the only way to get to it is going underground. Ore? Yeah, an ore, so like you'll get iron ore, copper, just natural... Hang on, you'll get iron ore, copper, or you'll get iron ore... Or copper ore. Or, or copper, or you might get areas that there's there's a couple to go at. Or, or coal. Coal's a big one, but because there's not many coal mines uh, nowadays, a lot of the underground mines are no longer working because they got shut down in the 80s. Right, so what are you actually mining for? It, it changes site to site. I've worked in a couple, but mainly limestone. Is, is the big one. What's limestone good for? All sorts. goes into concrete. Is it? Uh, asphalt, so roads as well. Cement. Uh, toothpaste. What? Yeah. Calcium carbonate that is in, in like a really high quality limestone goes into like toothpaste because it's good 
getting rid of a lot of dirt on your, on, your, on your teeth. You've got fantastic teeth, actually. That just reminds me. How good, good, how good are his teeth? Much. Do you use asphalt on your mouth? <laughs> no, I don't. I w- you wouldn't want to. It's very hot. You just told me that you can. No, you use lime. You like it, It's calcium carbonate that's in the limestone. That you, that you but put. why wouldn't they just dehydrate milk? It would seem easier to do that than just dig big holes to get toothpaste. I would say calcium carbonate is probably different to the calcium you get in milk. Would you like to work in a toothpaste mine if such a thing existed? Do you think it would be squeezy at that point or would it be sort of hard and they'd have to add water? So would you be chiselling big lumps of raw toothpaste? I think the way in which they produce toothpaste is similar to cement. D- yeah. But minus the stuff that goes hard. So, like, it stays wet. <laughs> My. Because if it went hard in the tube, <laughs> you couldn't get it out. No chance. Absolutely it just, no It would chance. be a solid, rock-hard thing that you could just lob at people <laughs> <laughs> or keep as an ornament. And I have no idea how the whole fucking mining slash quarry chat has gone down this route, but I'm fucking loving it. It gets used in all sorts. Animal feed goes into animal feed That as well. sounds like it shouldn't be in animal feed. Well, no, there's a lot of minerals in there. There's a lot of... It's, it's, it's good for them to be in their diet. So, Do we say that to them just because it's cheaper it's than giving really, them actual food? It's really <laughs> fine, though. It's not... It's not powdered. Yeah, it's like really, it's milled, so it's super fine powder. It's not like they're not chowing on giant lumps of rock. And how much of that do you dig up each day? Depends on the size of the quarry. In the in the Midlands, you get some really big ones that are, I don't know about per day, but per year, it's in the millions, probably five million, something like that. There's of some that are a bit more tons. A day? No, a year. Oh, a year. <laughs> Why did you say a day? I've heard so many extraordinary things in the very brief period we've been recording already, Joe, that anything seems possible. I found this. What have you got on your laptop? I've Googled uh, the world's biggest quarry, and I'm not entirely sure. What? It's in the US, isn't it? Yeah, this says it's in... Chicago? Bingham. Bingham. Oh, that's the deepest, I think. Oh, sorry, this is the world's deepest quarry. Yeah. Look, we'll put this on our social media feed. This can't be real. Yeah, yeah, it probably is real, yeah. Tell me what you're seeing, Joe. What? Fuck me. What are you seeing here, Joe? Basically... In order to work down in a safe way, you have to go down in levels. So you'll see on the each side, it's not like a smooth side. It's there's shelves, shelves. Yeah. yeah. So you need to stage it down. So if you undercut the bottom, then the top's going to fall down, and then that you know that's really dangerous. So you need to do it in a methodical way so that the top is remaining stable. Major Joe, while we're speaking to you, what are your preconceptions? Of mining and miners. Uh, yes, yeah, so Minotaur, he's not. No, unfortunately. You're young. You look under 30. Oh, nice. Are you? Yeah. You haven't got any, like, coal on your face? Mm. No, like I said, a lot of coal. I don't think we have much coal in the UK anymore because it, it was all shut down. It all gets brought in from, like, the US now, I'm pretty sure. Our coal comes from... It, surely there, we've I think got trees a, that we can make it out there's of. A couple, there's a couple left, but not many at all because we want to be eco-friendly. We're shutting them down, but we still need coal, so ship it in. Can you help me with this? I get coal all the time Yeah. for my barbecue. It, it, it Has could, that been mined? Where do you think it's come from? The trees. <laughs> It grows on trees. You harvest the coal from a tree. You know the charcoal you get in your thing? You're talking charcoal. What's the difference? Don't look at me. I just dig it up. (laughs) (laughs) That leads me to answer the question. I've got absolutely no idea. Charcoal is burnt wood. Yeah, so why do you need to mine it? Because coal is different to charcoal. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) 
Okay. Coal, coal. Coal is fossilised trees, potentially. Okay. Minor Joe, you've also not got a flat cap or a helmet on. With a light on it. No, I did debate bringing some some uniform in, but none of it was big enough for you to try on, so... Mm. So, would that have included braces? This is my stereotype of what I thought you'd look like. With braces, like a white vest that's dirty, Mm. and braces holding your trousers up, a flat cap or a helmet, and either a Welsh or Brummie accent. No. Most quarries are the same now. It's high-vis, toe-to-head. You've you've got to have high-vis on at all times. So it'll be either overalls or trousers and a jacket. Then you need to wear a a hard hat whenever you're out and about. Safety specs, so nothing can get in your eyes. Uh, Depending where you are here in protection, because some, some areas where you're crushing the material is really really loud um and then still toe cap boots gloves and then depending on the task you're doing so if you do maintenance you might need more so that's like the get up the outfit standard yeah what about the equipment what are you using like a shovel a trowel or i okay you're looking at me as if i should know these answers (laughs) minor joe i haven't got a fucking clue you're close but i think you're thinking of the wrong shovel shovel so you're thinking shovel yeah i hope i hope yeah it's It's off to the quarry we go with joe and tom and a bucket and trowel and with the spade i think pickaxe when you're singing that song Oh, yeah, okay. So you use a pickaxe? No, no, long gone. (laughs) A a shovel is like a big piece of machinery with a bucket on the front and you scoop with it. So That's called a shovel? Yeah, it's a pretty big loading shovel, yeah. Wheeled loading shovel, yeah. I just, let's see. JCB. Everyone says JCB, but... Other brands are available. They're crap. Why? (laughs) What are the big answers? For for quarries, they're good for construction, for, for working on construction sites, but for quarries... You need something that's that's hard, that's going to last. Right, what's the quarry demon? We're hoping that this brand that you come out with now hears this and goes, fuck, this lot would be great ambassadors for the quarry world <laughs> and we all sponsors get the show. <laughs> no, you just want a free quarry shovel. Wouldn't you like one in your back garden? What for? You need or anything it. you want. Oh, yeah, Felix could find yeah. some bugs with a it. Big so they're big. Big? How big like, are we talking? The tyres are the size of me, so... You can get smaller ones, but you can also get bigger ones. Like, I think the the, the largest ones are 13-foot tyres, something like that. 13-foot tyres? No, it's like six foot plus a... Yeah, maybe 10-foot. <laughs> seven-foot guy. <laughs> six-foot plus a seven-foot person. Yeah. I should have sent you some photos. I've got some photos on, on my phone, but... Uh... Come on, what? what look, I'll Google it then, because I've got this laptop thing. I guess a big brand would be Cat. Oh, yeah. like the boots. Yeah, but funnily enough, they machines are the, their main thing. Not, really? Not boots. Oh, I've really fucking lived a sheltered life, haven't I? So I'm looking at cat machine. Just qu- for... Cat quarry. Cat loading shovel. Cat... Oh, okay. Just typing this in now, Joe. Uh, describe what you're seeing as your laptop answers Fuck the question. now, this is mega. Yeah? Which, oh, yeah. Which one is it? Oh, yeah, I've, I've got loads of these at home. Like, the tiny ones. <laughs> oh, okay, this, that's a toy one. Yeah, look. Yeah. So is that... These are the best bits of kit that you... Oh. Is that 980? Oh, here we go. We've got some quarry talk. No, it's a 950 GC. All right, pretty small then. That's, oh. that's pretty small. We want a 980, do we? Let Type me... big in and you'll see a big one. The shovel on that looks double the size, this new one. We're talking cat 980. It's, it's a standard size, yeah. It's it's your your average sort of... It'll hold about probably 13 tonne in the bucket, so... And minus some, do you always know... Fucking hell! What have you found? I've found it... It's huge. 
Seven the wheels are fucking ginormous. I want to work in a quarry. What the fuck's that? That looks like so bumblebees that... turned into a quarryman. That's like a excavator shovel hybrid. Yeah. It's like a front shovel. So you use that for working on, on the actual quarry face. Major Joe, it sounds like you quite fancy this gig. Minor Joe, what would Major Joe's day be like if he were working in a quarry? What would happen when? Yeah, there's lots of different jobs. You could be in maintenance, so a big guy like yourself is probably good for lifting all the heavy parts and all that sort of thing. Then there's also the downside of you probably wouldn't fit in many <laughs> places. What do you mean I wouldn't fit in many places? Well, depending on the setup that you've got, uh, I worked with mobile plants. So wherever we blasted, we would move the processing equipment to where we were. They're on tracks, like tank tracks. But that also means they're quite compact and small because you need to move them around. So if you're thin and young, then chances are you're the one that's getting shoved in there. So let's move beyond maintenance then, Minor Joe. What else could Major Joe do in a quarry? He could drive, drive the equipment. What am I driving? One of these? Either one of them, or you could have an excavator, a digger, or whatever you what's call that, it. What's the one that, like, empties its load? Dump truck. Yeah. Yeah. Dump can I drive that? They're, they're the easiest. Oh. Well, so, it's a good place to start, isn't it? And yeah. Then you can move it's like driving. It's like driving a car, but bigger. That sounds like famous last words. You give, them, you give Major Joe the keys. It's like, uh, but would like I, a car, but bigger. <laughs> Next thing you know... <laughs> would I also be in charge of the, the bed being yeah, emptied? Yeah, you've got a lever inside, but... Of course, you've got to be careful because if you're on an incline, you could tip it over. <laughs> I can just see Major Joe's mind working here. All the things you'd like to dump on yeah. people. As soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you tip it over, you lose job. So. Do, would you like to tip yourself? Would you like to be flipped off? It see what it's like. Because oh, the little flap at the empty bottom, empty or full? It's empty. It's just you lying on it at the top. Yeah. And it's going to be like a fair. I'll pull the in the cab. It's going to flip you up, and you're going to slide down the bed of the dumper truck through the cat flap and who knows where. I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, Minor Joe, but I don't think it is as smooth a transition as you're describing. You're describing like Dave Benson Phillips going into the gunge thing. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's quite as smooth. I think it's a little bit bumpier than that. But it's not. It's it's slow li lifting. It's pretty the... slow, yeah, because, mm. you know, you've got to be careful depending what's in your back and depending what angle you're on. You don't want to do it too fast. Have you seen? Sometimes you do want to do it fast. You just want to get it out because you don't want the risk of tipping over. Yeah. Sometimes you want to empty your load fast. Yeah. Sometimes you want to empty it slow. Take your time, enjoy it. Depends what you want to do. <laughs> but but the key thing to remember is to put it down before you drive off because that's true. There's been many stories of people forgetting and then goes over. Right. Let's let's talk through. What you actually, you, you do all like the scraping, digging. Taking away the topsoil. Yes. The virgin soil, yeah. Yeah. So you need to take that away to expose the mineral, okay? So you'll probably do that in bulk. Yeah. Probably using excavators and dumpers and stuff like that. What about blasting? Do you fancy a bit blasting, Joe? Major Joe? Is that sand blasting? No. So, of course, limestone is solid. So in order to process it, you need to make it less solid. And what do you use to make that less solid? I'm thinking of my... So... My... What's the thing at home that... My jet washer at home. Do you use that to cut the 
Limestone? No, no, so... <laughs> Sorry, Minor Joe, the way in which you're responding to our questions I, is like, I, no, you fucking moron. <laughs> it's hard for it's me It's obviously to... not with a jet wash. I'm like, I don't know, I'm sorry. I, uh, that's my bad. I forget that people literally don't know where how, where this stuff comes from, like how it's made. They just see it on their doorstep and like, oh yeah, that's a thing. They don't they don't know how, how it gets there. So I now know I've Googled what limestone is, so I've got a much better yeah, so it's understanding. Solid. Yeah, right? I've got loads of this rock so, in my house. Yeah, you'll most of the time you'll have to drill down into the into the rock, probably about twenty meters, something like that. Again, depends where you are. And then we'll pour down explosive AMFO, which is ammonium nitrate fuel oil. Or a radio one. Well, you know that explosion DJ, in uh Clara. Beirut. Oh, that was AMFO. That was AMFO. Fucking hell. Catastrophic explosion. But was... well, this was a quarry. This was at a no, quarry. No, it wasn't. It was a storage, I think. It's just storage sensor and some there was a fire that started and it was a stockpile. So it wasn't like we do it in very controlled measures and we make sure that we only use what we need, whereas that was like a storage unit and it just blew up like half the city. Minor Joe, have you ever had any accidents with explosives? Personally, no, but I mean, back in the day, you do hear stories of wasn't as calculated as it is now. Health and safety is obviously a massive thing now, whereas in the 80s, it was just guesswork. So they would just pour in whatever they thought they needed and it went boom. And uh, f- from the stories I've heard, there was stuff flying all over the spot. Uh, but in theory, if it's done well, it shouldn't be impressive. It should just go... It should just mm. collapse on itself. If it looks spectacular, if there's stuff flying all over the spot, it's a big problem because depending where you are, you might be operating near the public, near us. There was a lot of public footpaths and stuff like that. So the last thing you need is a massive lump of rock flying towards a pedestrian and them getting hit on the head. And So it'd be better for it to implode not explode. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could I guess you could say that, yeah. There is a rumour, Minor Joe. My sources tell me that you once blew up a factory. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Quite a big detail uh, to have skipped out it, when asked. We, we ha- Ever been involved in an explosion? And you go, no. And then Tom goes, my sources say otherwise. In, and you go, oh, yeah. Indirectly. So the site I worked at, I was elsewhere when it happened. But yeah, basically, by factory, I mean like a plant. So a plant is a processing site. And what happened was another shaft. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Excellent pause. As if I wasn't going to like, yeah, I like it. Uh, Fuel got into the airline and it was dripping into the shaft. And because it was a hot... (laughs) <laughs> because it was a hot environment, it started to vaporize. Okay, so it used to, it would it would drip and then and then vaporize. So that built up and built up and built up, and it wasn't it wasn't noticed. But as we did the invest investigation down the line, it was it wasn't just one thing. It's never one thing that causes these accidents. It's a group of things that get missed, and they call it the Swiss cheese effect. Why do they call it the Swiss cheese effect? Because Swiss cheese has loads of holes in. So if surely you, it depends what cheese it is. Well, Swiss cheese. Emmental. Yeah. It's got holes in. Yeah. Naturally occurring holes. How the fuck do you get naturally occurring d- holes in cheese? Are they natural? Probably not, actually. Minor, minor Joe. Probably just... Major Joe, just Google it so Minor Joe can continue his story. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so you imagine every, every opportunity you miss is a slice of Swiss cheese. Every now and again, when you put all those slices together, you're going to be able to have a whole stru- right the way through. Right. And that's when you have an accident. I did wonder where the cheese analogy was going. Yeah. That makes sense. Joe's nodding. You haven't even Googled it yet. Yeah, I just looked at the picture. I went, oh, yeah, that's Swiss yeah. cheese. Yeah. Like from Tom and Jerry. Yes. Yeah. 
You should have said Tom and Jerry cheese and I'd have got it like that. Yeah, Tom and Jerry cheese. Basically what happened was that just, was, it was dripping, vaporising, vaporising, vaporising. And then one day there was just a spark and boom, shot the, the roof off and, <gasps> and it landed probably about 20 metres away. The Every, roof landed rather than disintegrating? No, no, it shot off to metal. Every panel on the shaft was blown out apart from one and, and one of the guys was stood behind that panel. So he was very lucky. What? Very, very lucky, yeah. I don't want to work at this quarry no more. Uh, do, I, do I have to go? Yeah. Right, I think we need a little break so I can do better research. Do you want to, do you want to dig into some research, Joe? Uh, sorry, Minor Joe, we can't let that go. You're just jealous that I got there first. Dig into some research? Yeah, I will. And then when I come back, I'll empty <laughs> my load of research on you both. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Right, those were the adverts, and I'm ready to dump my... Load? Load, using my truck. Do either of you know what the deepest mine in the whole entire world is? 1.2 kilometres, I think. It's about 1.2. You just showed it to us earlier. No, that was the deepest quarry. Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, mine. Yeah, so... Very clever. Do you know what the deepest mine is? No, I, I, no, I don't know. No, pretty Tom, deep, Thomas. I'm gonna have a guess that it is. You like geography, so try and guess where it is first. It's in South America. Oh, half right. It's in America. Other half. North America. What? Other half of your answer. It's in South. South. I said half right. <laughs> South Even Australia. Not, I, I would have gone for Australia. Yeah. Australia, they, love their mining they have Australia. a lot of mines. Yeah, because there's nothing there apart from mines. Yeah, particularly in the, in the west. Of Australia, Joe. Okay, so but I said south, not west. Okay, so I'm just literally I've got the word south, and I've got to put something after it. Yes. Okay. As the destination of the world's deepest mine, south what? Korea. Is this fucking serious? I get it. South something. It's not Korea then. Keep going. South Yorkshire. South Africa. Oh yeah. You <laughs> absolute pleb. <laughs> What's the matter with him? He's the intelligent one. How deep is the mine? Oh, how deep, deep how is deep the, is the mine? mine? How deep is my mine? Guess, uh, Minor Joe. <laughs> five kilometres, I don't know. Oh, guess, Major Tom. Eight kilometres. Long-winded section. The winner goes to Minor Joe. It's four kilometres. Oh. And it is in Umpeneng Gold Mine. Yeah, I thought it was gold. You get a lot of 
gold in Africa. The deepest mine in the world is Anglo Gold Ashanti's Impenang Gold Mine near Johannesburg in South Africa. By 2012, the operating depth had already reached 3.9 kilometres below the surface and later expansions have resulted in digging below the 4-kilometre mark. In 2012, the mine produced 405,000 ounces of gold. I think gold, it's not one big nugget. It's It'll be spread amongst crap. So I'll have to separate that and, and it will be sort of smaller quantities. That's why it's expensive. The scarcity of gold is why it's expensive. Yeah, and it doesn't tarnish. It doesn't rust. Miner Joe, tell us more about gold. Is gold the most expensive thing you can mine? No, I would say platinum's probably platinum, more expensive. Platinum, more expensive. Platinum. But of course you've got diamonds. You've got to mine diamonds. Diamonds are forever, forever, forever. Bassey. Unfortunately, uh, Miner Joe slash Corey Joe, platinum or diamonds are not the rarest or <sighs> most expensive mineral that we mine. Uranium? Yeah, I was thinking uranium. Mm. Nope. It's actually called painite. Never heard of it. Painite is the rarest mineral and gemstone on Earth. Painite holds the Guinness World Record for the rarest mineral and gems. Oh, same sentence. <laughs> Discovered in 1951 in Myanmar, there were only two more specimens unearthed up until 2001. Today, less than 1,000 of the precious stones have been found despite two dedicated mines in Myanmar. Where's Myanmar? Southeast Asia. Oh. Yeah, didn't it used to be Burma? It did, yeah. Considered the holy grail of rare gemstones, it is valued at... Per ounce. Per carat. Oh, God. 50 to $60,000 per carat. <gasps> meaning, it's fucking expensive. Yeah. Time. yeah. So a ring would be like 18 carat gold, whereas... whereas this would be 18 carat painite. Yeah. Fuck, I want some painite. When we think, Minor Joe, about all the stuff you have dug up, mm. what's the coolest stuff that you've dug up? Oh, you find all sorts. Um, More than just limestone? Yeah, well, it, most of the time it's in the soil part. It's not, because the limestone, unfortunately, is hard to catch stuff before you it goes in the crusher. So there might be fossils and stuff like that. Most of them are tiny, but unfortunately, you, you, stuff does just go through. When we do soil strips, a lot of the time we have to have an archaeologist there. Oh, we've had an archaeologist mm. here, haven't we? Should be all over this. Hugely. Yeah. yeah. So they have to watch you scrape back the soil and make sure that you're not destroying any old pits or anything like that in, in doing so. Um, you get a lot in like peat bogs as well because they preserve any old huts or carts or whatever. A quarry I used to work in in, in Scotland, they, they just found like a, a new site that they're excavating at the minute. They found old cartwheels and all this sort of stuff. So you can find all sorts. I know people that found guns, cars, which cars, had cars. to report to the police just in well, case. Like a like a like a life size car, not a little yeah, a car. And they had to call the police and like, uh, you're looking for this car because we've just found it buried in uh, in the quarry. What they just fuck it off? Oh, I guess that would be quite a good way to get rid of something, yeah, wouldn't it? Exactly. Launch it they, like a car or a body. They found like a bunch of bodies in a quarry in America a oh. uh, couple of years ago, I think, and it was part of this big investigation. Especially if it's a mothball quarry, it's no longer used. Although, actually, now that I think about it, it's not a good place to chuck shit because you're just going to get it dug up. You're literally putting it in the one place where it's most likely, likely to, to get be found. found. Yeah, unless it's in an old part that you're never going to go back to because as we work forward, we're restoring what's behind us. What? 
How? Yeah, so you can't just leave a quarry. Like, you can't just leave a giant hole in the ground. It's one of those phrases, isn't it? One of those dangerous phrases, Major Joe. Disused quarry. Yeah. So much menace around Which those Which is what words. gives us a bad name, really, because in the 80s, 90s, you didn't have to do this sort of stuff. You could just leave it. And that's when you get dangerous uh, environments like that, which we'll probably go into some, some of those dangers. But now, when you open a quarry, you have to have a restoration plan. So we have to... Uh, either convert it into a farmland or a nature reserve or just a plot of land that will get houses built on it or something like that. That's a pretty fucking steep farm, isn't it? Yeah, but you fill you fill the gaps in and then you create a hill. What do you fill it with? Well, it probably fit like just a, a fill material waste and then you'll top it with soil. And mm. So yeah. you just fill it with like landfill? No, no, not landfill. Oh. I mean, some quarries do go into landfill, but it'll just be like a byproduct, stuff that isn't a good enough specification to go into the road or in, into any products or anything like that. So the top, the top, I don't know, uh, 30 centimetres will probably be soil and you can make a hill. So that soil we took off at the start, we'll save that, put it to one side hmm. and then reuse it. What, um, Major Joe, is your favourite use of a disused quarry? I'm going to give you a couple of options with the help of Minor Joe. Slopey farm, natural swimming lake. Yeah, loads of the pictures I've seen here, it's full of water. How's it full of water? Yeah, that's when it gets dangerous. Is it because you've like where's, dug out a watering hole? Where's it going to go? Yeah, water's always going to go to the lowest point, which is a hole in the ground, which is a quarry. So if I kept digging, say I've got a hole, say I've got a, a bit, a bit of grass. Mm. Say I dig just down with a shovel, and I just kept digging. Yeah, would I find water eventually? But you wouldn't get to it with a shovel. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll have to get one of those cat nine. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna hit rock pretty. Pretty quick, I would say. So rock bottom, yeah. Is that where that <laughs> might be? <laughs> is that where that saying might comes be, from? Then might be a bit damp, but uh, moist. Moist. Yeah. Did you ever dig holes as a child, Major Joe? Used to eat worms. Mm-hmm. So I must have dug some holes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What age did you stop eating worms? Like six. Because Felix enjoys a worm, doesn't he? Bug boy. Yeah. Feral Felix. Yeah. Feral Felix, bug boy. He's oh. my three-year-old, and he just fuck. The other day, I left my shovel, not my cat shovel. Right. It's like a normal yeah. handheld one. Yeah. I left it in the garden and then I went to mow. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? <laughs> when a man went to mow, he left his shovel. <laughs> Unattended shovel. His and three-year-old he... son picked it up and dug up some worms and bugs from the ground. Well, he had been. I looked down. There's a fucking hole in the floor. It like the mud and the shovel was next to it. So I put two and two together and was like... Someone's used that shovel. <laughs> to dig that hole. Wow, that is gone, good detection. Right, that is. But then I've gone. That <laughs> shovel is at least a foot bigger than Felix's. How's he done that? But he has. He's got this chunk out. I'll send you a picture later in case they're interested or not. This episode is sponsored by the following exceptional people: Captain Morgan, John. Hey-o. It's Freddie Ashdown. The sound man, Ollie Soundy. Sophie Hud's choice. Scott Schilling with kindness. The laptop, Joe Dell. Whoa, Chris Getty. Bam, a lamb. John Wolfman Towers. Easy peasy. Matthews, Prince Philip, Icom, and shotgun, Mark Clayton. The lawbreaker. Alistair Blacklaws. Tim Eaton Mess. And Duncan Jack Travis. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show. Become an official sponsor. Get bonus content. And grow the show today.
What about the other dangers that are presented at quarries then? Because you've touched on it a couple of times. It's, it's a pretty tough place to work in. Yeah, it's, it's grueling, especially in winter. You know, you're exposed to all the elements and we still need to keep producing. We still need to, there's still a demand. While we need new houses and infrastructure and stuff like that, you're always going to need quarries, which is what a lot of people don't realise. You know, it's got to come from somewhere. We are getting better at recycling what we've used before, but at the minute we still have to make new product but uh falling from height is a big one because obviously you're going down and down and down you're creating height older quarries will have 30 meter faces so you know that's what 100 foot so you need to be careful with them we use what's called edge protection to to stop you from falling over or if you're in a vehicle stop the vehicle from driving over so it has to be the half the height of your largest wheel on site or 1.5 meters whichever is bigger so how close are you to the edge when you're doing all this the driller is probably the closest a meter couple of meters but like i said there's a there's a mound in front so you can't go over this is way back when there was none of this there was it was just a straight drop and then as the years went on they started putting in like guidelines like ropes in front of the edge instead which there's there's a story on as well if you want to go into that go on where a place where i used to work there was a guy, I never worked with him. He was pretty crazy. He's called Bago. Bago. Yeah, Bago. Don't know why. Bago. Yeah. Let's try and work out why he's called Bago. Dave Bags was his name. So he used to operate the drill uh, back when they used to do it themselves. A lot of the time now you should get people in to do it, but he used to operate the drill. How big's this drill? It's not like a hand drill. You're, not, it, it, you're in it. It's a big machine with a big tall. You're going to do it use, again, aren't you? I don't want to use the word shaft, but I'm going to have to. We'll find an alternative. Uh, Rod. It's like a telegraph pole. It looks like a telegraph pole. And it's got a drill in the middle and it, and it drills down. So he used to sit there and drill holes all day because you need like 30 to do one blast. So we just drill, drill, drill. And he was a bit crazy. Like on super hot days, he would just sit in his cab, totally naked, just naked? sunning himself. Yeah. Oh, it's That's, a hot day, mate. Yeah. Probably days before aircon. So. Couldn't he just keep his pants on? Yeah, but then it's hot. Like right now, I'm in shorts. I've got pants and shorts on, but I'd happily not. You are working on your own most of the time, apart from a day that you, you blast. Uh, apart from that, uh, he used to test the ropes on, on the side, in front of the edge, by jumping on them. <laughs> Bago! Yeah. Is Bago so, still alive? I don't know. Borderline. borderline. It can't be borderline. But You're so, either alive or dead. He was... <laughs> pretty sure he was retired when I worked at that site, so... But yeah, he used to just jump on them and, you know, if it worked, it worked. If it didn't... <laughs> <laughs> that was the same. Your best one yet. <laughs> the sound of a man plummeting, of Bago specifically, a naked Bago plummeting to his death in a quarry through some ropes which he jumps on was minor Joe. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> it's probably right. <laughs> it probably is what. Ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was he was sort of known for doing crazy stuff like that. Um, and, and back in the day, he, he was probably the one doing the explosives as well. So, like I said, they used to just wing it and just sort of eyeball it. Yeah, that should be enough. And then it's actually way too much and you're blowing things to smithereens. There must have been back in the day, particularly if we think about some of Major Joe's stereotypes of mining in the UK, when we're looking at closed shaft coal mining, they must have been phenomenally dangerous places to work in. Yeah, so dangerous. There's 
obviously mining, you've got a lot more gases to worry about as well. So, you know, the canaries back in the day, it's probably gas monitors now. Because there was a lot of mining in Norwich. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that why they're known as the Canaries? Uh, uh, yeah, probably. Tom, your football knowledge, is that right? Why are they known as the Canaries? The Canaries in their emblem. It's a good question. There is no mining in Norwich. So why would you say yes? You really confuse me. Fuck. I'll Eric. find out why they're called the Canaries while you keep talking. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of collapses. Obviously, you got to, when you're mining, you need to make sure what is above you is stable. So if you're not really putting too much thought in that, then you're going to get a lot of collapses and stuff like that underground mining it's uh, it's a whole different ball game you know the roof is so low that all the machines have to be flat it's very claustrophobic very dusty you can't really see anything hard to breathe so you're probably having to use a lot of respirators we do we have to use respirators above ground as well to avoid silicosis but underground it's even more so because there's just nowhere for this stuff to go you've spoken about how dangerous underground mining is yeah when I think of underground mining, one of the biggest stories I can think of is is the small Welsh village, Aberfan. Aberfan, yeah. Was, yeah. It, was it the primary school? What? It was, yeah. In 66, I think it was. Um, basically, it was a spoil from a coal colliery on top of a hill. So they used to tip waste on the top of this hill and water started to build up and build up and build up and the heap collapsed and went downhill straight towards this village called Aberfan. And unfortunately, the first thing it hit was a school, and it killed, oh, I think it was 140 people. 116 were children, 28 were adults. Um, so ever since that, we have to be trained in, in geotechnical awareness. So we have to make sure if we are tipping and using heaps, stockpiles and stuff like that, they are structurally uh, sound and they're not going to collapse. Hence why we use shelves when we're blasting down into the, into the ground. We've got to make sure it's structurally safe. Major Joe, one of the biggest things politically when I was growing up was the miners' strike, 1984, when the National Union of Mine Workers, led by Arthur Scargill, went on strike and it became Miner Joe, this massive, massive thing which pretty much split the country but certainly split communities yeah. in half. You are way too young to remember that firsthand, but is that something with your family history in mining? Is that something that you're familiar with? Is that something still yeah, gets talked about? Yeah, you, obviously it gets it gets thrown about just because it's the industry and, you know, it's quite small, tight-knit industry. There are 2,000 quarries and mines in the UK, but it's still quite tight-knit, still quite niche. But you do hear about that sort of stuff, obviously, Thatcher. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was to help the economy, wasn't it? They were inefficient, they weren't making money, they were they were costing them money to... to, to I think it was a political thing as well, yeah. because the previous Conservative government had been brought down by a series of strikes, mm. not at least strikes by miners, so I think it very quickly became a us versus them. Yeah, yeah, and then, which political unfortunately led, uh, led to them being shut, but instead of trying to make them more efficient and, and that sort of thing, uh, which is what caused the chaos. That was probably the start of saying goodbye to the underground mines and saying hello to the open casts. Right, I've got here that the average age of a miner slash quarryman is 56. Yeah, in the UK it is, yeah. You're 30 years younger than that, aren't you? Yeah. So what's going to happen then when, like, it's not a young person's game, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's like, a big problem. It's a big problem because no one wants to come and work in a dirty hole for 12 hours. You have to get up at 5am to get into work, get ready. You know, you're probably down the quarry for six, depends site to site. Work for 12 hours, then go home and then come back and do it the next day. But because it's quite labour intensive, depending on what role you're doing, you know, it's tiring, 
It's not easy. It's hard to sell. So, right, but I, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you hypothetically now gonna put you in charge of a campaign. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's say I'm younger than you. Uh-huh. You need to make me want to become a miner. What yeah. are the best and worst parts? Just are you gonna come up with a slogan or something or a thing? I don't know about slogan. Not off the top of my head. Oh. Um Come mine with me, let's mine, let's mine away. Perfect. Perfect. We can dine at restaurants fine in a Weatherspoons. <laughs> <laughs> Pay's not brilliant. And Don't mention that Right, yourself. not selling it so far. <laughs> You're in charge. Yeah. Hit me. Well, sell quarrying to me. The, the reason why I liked it was because I was never good at school. But as soon as I went into the, the quarries, especially after uni, I started becoming more hands-on, starting doing more maintenance and that sort of stuff. I loved being practical. It was, that's what entertained me. I, I wasn't, I didn't like books. I liked going out and doing something. So if you're someone that's physical and you like fixing things and you you like coming into work with a problem and going away and having fixed it, then it, it's the perfect job for you. You know, it's, it's very practical. You can better yourself and there's loads of training you can do, lots of courses that you have to get put through to make sure that you're aware of all the risks that are in the environment and you're not going to hurt yourself. So if you're really big on self-development and you want a good career, it can definitely give you that. Major Joe, it is sounding to me like we need our minds. That's well, pretty fucking important. Yeah. You know your phone you've got in front of you there? Yes, Joe. Approximately, you need 35 different minerals to make that phone. Genuine fact? Yep, approximately. Taken from where? What do you mean? Where's the fact taken from? Well, from my mind. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> you need you need gold, yeah? You do need. I? Well, uh, my iPhone. Okay, all right. I mean, the okay, not just your iPhone, like your your average electrical item. You need a, a roughly thirty five different minerals. Okay? <laughs> that seems quite an approximate number. Roughly across all gadgets, you need gold. You need. You've said that one already. You need gold. <laughs> <laughs> you need. You need silver. Silicon. Bronze. Silicon is big in Silic- a lot. Silicon. Of- you need tellurium. Aluminium. 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 Lithium. I've got a shitload of lithium batteries at home. That's been dug up. Yeah. I've need that fucking sorted Cobalt's out. Cobalt's in batteries. Miss Cobalt. You need some of that. Bit weird. I say Miss Cobalt because I had a PE teacher called Miss Cobalt. <laughs> and it sounds like Cobalt, so it's the best thing for me to analgize with it. Okay? Other minerals? The Plenty. Pokemon. Mag- manganese. Dart making tungsten. You wouldn't have any fucking darts out there without tungsten. Yeah. Really? We used tungsten for the for the crushers because you need like a proper hard metal to break the rock. What about zinc? Mm. We need zinc in there as well. <laughs> so that's why, from what I've got from this episode and the hard research that I've done, yeah, that quarrying and mining is still so important. Yeah, yeah. And if, if we don't get youngsters involved in it, we're going to be fucked. Yeah, we're, you'll lose a lot of the experience that the guys that are in there now uh, have built up over tens of years. You know, there's, we need that transfer of knowledge so we can carry on, uh, that on forward. And that's another benefit of, of working in the industry. There's so many guys that are really experienced that can pass on their knowledge onto you. It can become really useful, but we can't do without quarries. We need them. If you want new houses, you want new roads, if you want those potholes fixing. This is pod control to Major Joe. Mm. Do you want to wrap the show up? Or do you have supplementary questions to go? Thank you, Minor Joe. It's been good fun.
I hope you come again to talk about... What else do you want to talk about? We can go uh, asphalt, concrete, cement. A whole episode on concrete. Oh, you can do them all. Mix them all, mix them all in together. Because cement and concrete are two separate things. People don't realise that. Whoa, get that into your song. This so- is ground control to minor Joe. You've just dropped a fact bomb (laughs) at the end of the episode. We think you should have started with that interesting fact. What the fuck are you going on about? Cement is in concrete. So people go, oh, you need to whack some cement in there. But really, you know, cement is what makes concrete go hard. Without cement, concrete wouldn't be a thing. This is ground control (laughs) to minor Joe. You've really fucked my mind. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. You've got to get a train slash rocket back home. (laughs) Yeah, I do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, thank you, mate. Legend. Thanks, mate. Can you hear me, Major Joe? Can you hear me, Major? Because I've got the answer to the Canaries fact that you were looking for earlier about Norwich. Oh, you took your time. Joe, Norwich's nickname of the Canaries began when a number of families from Belgium and Holland fled to Norwich to seek refuge from religious persecution they were suffering in their own countries in the 16th century. Canary breeding was popular in Belgium and Holland at this time, and they brought with them their pet canaries. These were introduced to Norwich and became more and more popular to the point that by the year 1900, the city of Norwich was the canary breeding centre of the world. Bosh. So, on the face of it, Norwich being called the Canaries has nothing to do with mines or quarries. I'd say beyond the face of it, I'd say the face, chest, abdomen, groin and legs of it. Fuck it now. He was great. I really enjoyed Minor Joe. If you would like to support this podcast, Joe, we know this by now, you can subscribe on Apple, on Spotify and on Patreon. For just £1 a week, you can get bonus content, you can get ad-free episodes, and at the very same time... You'll be growing the show. You can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. This is Major Joe to Podcast Tom. I'm saying goodbye to you. Until next time and beyond, please respond. Goodbye. Got a cold, have you? Did that work? Let's get you some tissue. Goodbye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Podcast Network.